0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 479. We continue the study of the book of Proverbs today with chapter 17. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I've got 28 more Proverbs for you today. Some of these are going to sound awfully familiar, and we'll see that through the rest of the book. There are some themes that we keep coming back to, and we start with a very familiar one, better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Think about that as Thanksgiving Day comes up. A prudent servant will rule over a disgraceful son and will share the inheritance as one of the family. Interesting, it's saying here that the one who is consistent with the values of the house will be treated as a son, right? The prudent servant over a disgraceful son. And I think one of the things this is saying is family is more than just blood, Family is also a series of expectations, and family is a commitment that if you love your family, you're committed to doing what's best for them, and a disgraceful son will be seen as an outsider, and yet the prudent servant, the one who is an outsider but who is wise, will be seen as the son. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. So the crucible and the furnace here, the way you test precious metals is you heat them up and you you test them in fire, basically to make sure that they're not fake, that they're not false, to make sure that they're pure. In the same way that we purify silver and gold in heat, in furnaces, the Lord is testing the heart. He is purifying the heart. And sometimes that means we go through a little heat to get to that point at which those things that, in, that are impure in us have been burned off, have been boiled away in the same way that you refine gold. That's good news and bad news. I mean, one is it's good news that when we have to go through tough times, there is some that good that can come of it, that God can use those times to mold who we are, to make us better people. The bad news is it doesn't promise that it's going to be fun. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips, a liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. We have to be careful what we listen to in terms of sources of information, of people that we put our trust in. Obviously, we're not going to end in a better place if we're taking advice from, if we're listening to people who have deceitful lips and destructive tongue. Media is certainly something we need to weigh. What are the sources that we're getting our information from? What are their motivations? But also on a personal level, at work, where do we get our information? All of those things. Who are we listening to? Because who we listen to is going to have a great impact on who we become and what path we head down. Whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Another very familiar psalm. We could flip back three or four chapters, see something just like it. But basically, God made those people. Mock them at your own risk. And gloating over disaster will not go unpunished. We have a tendency to have a little schadenfreude sometimes, that gloating over someone else's misfortune, and God does not intend us to be that kind of people. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. It's interesting. That one kind of went in a different direction than I expected. Grandchildren are a crown to the aged. We knew that one already. If you don't know that, just ask someone who's a grandparent, do they happen to have any pictures of their grandkids? And I'll bet they do. But also, that parents are the pride of their children. It doesn't say children are the pride of their parents. I've had two good parents, and so I understand that one as well. Eloquent lips are unsuited to a godless fool. How much worse lying lips to a ruler? Can you imagine if you are someone who is in power, you someone who has authority, whether that be a king, a prince, a CEO, a manager, a boss, and you ask someone for information, you ask someone for advice, and they lie to you. And imagine how much worse that gets if you don't know they are lying to you. How terrible, the terrible damage that can be done from that. Eloquent lips are unsuited to a godless fool. Eloquent doesn't necessarily sound like correct. Eloquent isn't necessarily factual. Eloquent isn't necessarily important. Eloquent just sounds cool how unsuited to a godless fool. If you were a godless fool, it'd be better to not be eloquent and be less persuasive than to be eloquent, persuasive, and wrong or lying. A bribe is seen as a charm by the one who gives it. They think success will come at every turn. There are certainly those at that time and today who think they can bribe their way out of or pay their way out of situations. And Bribery breaks the system. Bribery basically betrays trust. And so it's offensive to God. It's like those verses we had last time about having two sets of scales. The dishonest judge is condemned many, many times in the Bible as someone who takes bribes and corrupts justice. God looks for justice, and God wants us to advocate for justice as well, and not just for justice those who are powerful and can afford to pay bribes, but especially, especially if we look in the prophets, for those who are powerless. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Fostering love, whoever is looking at that person who has made an offense and is looking them at them with eyes of love, looking at them with eyes of grace, basically saying, You screwed up, but I still love you. You're going to cover over that offense. You're going to get over the problem that has separated you. But if you repeat the matter, if you keep holding on to that thing that still bugs you that they did way back there in high school or last week or last month or whenever, it eventually will cause separation. A rebuke impresses a discerning person more than a hundred lashes a fool. I like this one. What it's saying is the person who's discerning, the person who knows how to tell the right from wrong, they're going to listen to a rebuke. They're going to be impressed by rebuke. If somebody tells them they're wrong, that's going to make it a difference because they're going to look at that information, right? Remember, they've got discernment. They're going to say, well, is this person correct? Hmm, I think they are. I should listen to that. And yet a fool who can't take correction, how often we heard that theme, even a 100 lashes won't impress them. Even if they are whipped for believing that thing, for doing that thing, for whatever they've done, that is not going to change their ways evildoers foster rebellion against God, the messenger of death will be sent against them. Yikes. That is definitely not a verse you want to be on the wrong side of. Basically, rebellion against God is whenever we take things that are going in God's way and we try and push them in some other way any other way. doesn't have to be directly devil worship or anything that obvious. It's just anything that is opposite of the will of God. We are doing the work of the devil, and that will lead to death, is what this verse is saying. Better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool bent on folly, yikes, so what it 's saying here you've you 've heard that when you 're hiking in the woods that bears in general, especially black bears here in the United States, are not all that dangerous down uh, you know, if you see a grizzly bear, definitely keep your distance, but a black bear is generally not that dangerous unless you get between the bear and the cubs right you 've heard that it says better to do that though than to meet a fool bent on folly that fools who are bent on foolishness, fools who are bent on doing something stupid, are more dangerous. We talk about things being foolproof, but fools can be pretty darn ingenious, and they can mess things up a lot. And so we are called not to be foolish. Evil will never leave the house of one who pays back evil for good. This is a curse. This is basically saying if you pay back evil for good. If someone does well to you and you return evil to them, then evil will never leave your house. It literally is a curse. It's it's intended to say that is not something you should do. And if you do it, there will be a price. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. I like this one. This is just really plain. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. I don't know if you've seen video of wind dams breach, but they breach and a little water flows out and then more and then more and then more. And when you start quarrels, they get like that, right? You want to get back at me and now I want to get back at you and it escalates. And it's saying, so better yet, drop the matter before the dispute breaks out. It's interesting in this case, it's saying, drop the matter. You may have been wronged. But it may be better for you, it may be wiser to let yourself be wronged and to drop the matter than to start a quarrel. Quitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. Remember, the Lord is looking for justice, not bribery, not justice gone wrong. Why should fools have money in hand to buy wisdom when they are not able to understand it? I'm not sure that you can go to the vending machine and buy wisdom, but even if you could, what good would it do you if you were foolish? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. If you want to know the quality of your friends, go through tough times, because that will show you the measure of how good a friend is. And someone who stands by you when times are tough, who's there for you, is even more valuable, is even more to be cherished. One who has no sense shakes hands in pledge and puts up security for a neighbor. This is one of those advice things your father would tell you in terms of, don't give your word for someone else's actions. If you can't control the actions, don't give your word that it will happen, right? Don't put up your security for a neighbor. Shake your hand and pledge that what they will do because you have no control over that. Or at least you don't have complete control over that. You have control over what you do. Whoever loves a quarrel loves sin. Whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. The first part of that is a little more obvious than the, than the second. Whoever loves a quarrel loves sin. God doesn't want us to be quarreling, right? It's better to drop the matter sometimes than it is to start a quarrel. Whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. A high gate, what I'm saying here, is somebody who is blocking everybody else out. That's an interesting one. I'm not sure I know how those two relate. One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. Our heart will lead to our actions. And if our heart is corrupt, we're going to lead to corrupt actions, and it's not going to be good for us in the long run. And our tongue will lead us into trouble too. If our tongue is perverse, if our tongue isn't right with God, that's going to lead to trouble. To have a fool for a child brings grief. There is no joy for the parent of a godless fool. I'm not sure what there is to add to that. Shakespeare's version of how sharper than a serpent's tooth is to have a thankless child is related to this. But how much grief it can cause a parent if they can't instill into their children wisdom, the ability to make wise decisions. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Interestingly enough, Solomon wrote this many years before studies have determined that, yes, in fact, our attitude literally does affect our health. This isn't just a saying. This is something that's true. Having a good perspective will make us better, or at least we will be better with a good perspective than we will with a negative perspective. I was just reading a study about this, about... And it was done with hearing tests even among elderly people. And those people who had a better attitude towards life didn't age as fast in this test. A cheerful heart is good medicine. The wicked accepts bribes in secret to perverse the course of justice. Again, bribes being condemned and justice being what God desires. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. And I think we're wandering to the ends of the earth here. We're wandering away from... Wisdom. We're wandering away from that which is right in front of us. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the mother who bore him. Again, just another version of a fool for a child brings grief. If imposing a fine on the innocent is not good, surely to flog honest officials is not right. So again, God is looking for justice, not the perversion of justice. If people are innocent, They shouldn't be fined. If officials are honest, they should not be flogged. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even-tempered and restraint are those things that will get us out of a lot of trouble, too. Not Being that person who starts the quarrel, remember we've already got that twice, being that person who can hold back the words that they really want to say, who can use restraint with their words, is going to be better for us. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Not only is it good to have restraint, even if if you're foolish, it may be doubly so. Because that word that you say may get you into even more trouble. And so even fools are thought to be wise if they kept silent. I pray this week we will consider the words that we use. And we will use restraint and wisdom as we speak them. In your life and in mine. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast dot or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. dot And thanks so much for listening. There's nothing in this world. That He cannot do if we truly allow His love. We can do nothing without Him. Anything that we do apart from Him is not something that's permanent. All need is grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family.